Welcome to eAssist Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. Tune in as the experts in dental business share tips and tools to grow your practice. To learn more, visit dentalbilling.com. Please welcome our next guest. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. My name is Jacqueline Hurley, and I have been hosting this podcast for over the past year, but I am super excited to introduce you to Mr. Bob Spiel, who is the owner of Dental Partner Pros and also Spiel Consulting. Bob's passion is building high-performance dental teams who deliver exceptional service while doing more in less time and with less stress. I love that. Bob, we go way back, don't we? It's we go funny. way back, Jacqueline. We do. I think we were babies when we first met. I think we were too. You know, it's been more than 10 years, I'm sure. And yes. we met back in the day and became not just colleagues, but friends. And mm -hmm. you and I have had a lot of very meaningful conversations about a lot of different things. And I mm -hmm. just really value our friendship. Yeah, thank you. I feel the very same way. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, just to be candid, that's one of the things I love most about dentistry is the people that you it gets you in touch with. And there's some that you meet and you just know, I, I, I want to know that person for the rest of my life. Oh, I love you're, you're one of the you're one of those. Well, thank you. So, well, let's get going today. You are a member of the ESIS Consultant Network, and we really only bring people on who are members of that network because our goal is to help you not only not only with your business, but to help dentists grow their business in the industry. And I guess my first question I would love to ask you, I know you started out in the medical field, but yet mm -hmm. you jumped over to dentistry. How did that happen? What, what was it that caused you to make that jump? Well, I, I heard somebody say long ago that there are two paths to get into dentistry. And one is that you find dentistry and the other is that dentistry finds you. And my path was the second dentistry found me. I'd been a hospital and surgical center CEO in the early 2000s. And when those uh, gigs ended, I started consulting in medicine. And I found the that I was really good at it. But there's something about medicine, and it's frankly, sadly gotten worse in the past 20 years. Something about medicine that just wasn't very fulfilling. I happened to just have, through a friend of a friend, found out the name of a, a dental consultant. His name was Larry Winterstein. Larry was out of Boise, Idaho. He'd been consulting for almost 35 years. Very, very talented man, communications expert. And he invited me to go on a consult with him, okay, with a, a practice in Boise, Idaho, which is uh, fast forward, kind of ironic, but talk about the people that dentistry puts you in contact with the doctor who we were in the consult with for those two days is still a good friend and I'm actually now helping him do a local tenum job for one of my clients who's pregnant and needs somebody to take her practice for three months in January oh, nice. so it's just really cool just just that the way that this industry allows you to weave together stories and paths that are that are still ongoing you know yeah so in two days with Larry, I fell in love with this industry. And it was because I didn't view it from the standpoint of just the delivering of the service. 
I viewed it and he taught me from the standpoint of everything it takes to make a dental practice successful. Team building, leadership, um, customer service, expert communication, really, really well-run systems. And prior to being in medicine, I'd ran some really large operational divisions back in the 90s for a, a few uh, mid-cap companies. And I found that I had some talent around every one of those things. And I love building high-performance teams and helping leaders achieve what they never thought they could achieve. And in two days, I thought, man, this is really, really the greatest small business in America. So I, I turned my whole consulting practice around and in six months time, started only doing a dentistry. I still dabble with medicine a little bit. And every time I do, I look at my wife and I say, why am I doing this again? Yeah. You know, yeah. but 95% of what I do is in dentistry and I love it. That's awesome. There's so much involved in just a dentist running their practice. And like you said, all of those pieces have to fit together in order to be a successful dentist with a successful practice and a successful yeah. team. Like everyone yeah. has to it's just like a big puzzle. And I feel like you are spot on in that you do have qualities around all of those things to help dentists be successful. So I love that. And yeah. you started out as a consultant and now you, and you even expanded a little bit. You have a new company called Dentist Partner Pros. Correct. And so I know that you focus a lot now on, you've kind of found this need in the industry where a practice, practice owners need to hire associate dentists. And yet you're finding that the odds are not very great when it comes to a dentist hiring an associate. So let's talk a little bit about kind of this new focus you've been focusing mm -hmm. on. Sure. And, you know, why, you know, I was just kind of, I think your statistics say that associates typically only last maybe less than a year. 75% of the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and what's amazing is that you talk to doctors that have been in their profession longer than, you know, just 10 years. And some will say, actually, I think it's closer to 90% failure rate. So, and it's, it's one of the greatest unspoken needs within the industry. Because candidly, the first time that I heard that number was with our dear friend and one of my mentors, Linda Miles, who we all know and love, all right? Yeah. And, and just, I won't go to the details about how Linda and I became friends, but on a phone call, this is probably 12 years ago, maybe 13 years ago, because I started in dentistry about 15. And she just said to me one day, well, you know, Bob, we've got a 75% failure rate in dentistry mm -hmm. for associateships. And I've been able to verify that through research. Okay. So that's not just a mother-in-law logic number. It, it, it's real. All right. And, and I like dropped my jaw to the floor. I said, Linda, how can that be? Because I'd hire doctors. And even in medicine, you don't have a failure rate like that. Right. And she just said, nobody really knows. It's just kind of what it is. And so I took that and started thinking, I've done hiring in my career. I've hired hundreds of people, if not a thousand in my career. And I thought, why on earth would we be so bad at this when every other executive level of hire doesn't have that type of failure rate? And one day it just dawned on me that 
bringing in another dentist into a dental practice isn't like bringing in someone else into e-assist as, you know, your next office mate, okay? That it's not a, a business relationship. It's really the closest thing to a marriage besides a marriage itself. Yeah. Because dentists are in each other's sandbox all day long. They work with the same team. They work in the same space. They work with the same patients. They review the same type of procedures. So it's an intimate, very um, closely aligned relationship. Not even medical doctors are that closely aligned. They may have you know, office hours that are, they may overlap, but frankly, they're in a different surgical room, et cetera. But dentists really are like two executive chefs in the same kitchen. Mm. And because of that, when it works, it's magical, but when it doesn't work, it's explosive. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think is the biggest challenge of hiring an associate that's going to be a good fit for a dentist? The biggest challenge, honestly, is A, determining that it's time, but B, one of the biggest errors that we make in hiring in any type of hiring setting is that we hire people that are whose energy responds or resonates with ours. Mm. All right. And that's a very common phrase within the HR realm. So what I say is that we need to use 95% of our head in hiring and 5% of our heart. Instead, we typically use about 95% of our heart and 5% of our head. Mm-hmm. And that gets us into trouble. And especially in dentistry, where these relationships are so closely aligned with one another, if we're not crystal clear about what the characteristics are of the person that we need who's going to succeed in this role, that's why we fail. Is we go to lunch, we go to dinner, we're introduced by a sales rep, we're introduced by a CPA. We don't know the questions to ask. We don't know how to survey. It feels good. We're desperate. Let's bring them in. And then we don't know how to even get them busy or or increase their skills or do anything to really help them up level. And things start to fall apart. So what at Dennis Partner Pros, what we do is we solve those problems for practice owners that are too busy already to make a great call in terms of is this the right person or not. Yeah, they are busy. I feel like this got to be the hardest decision next to choosing your partner for life, I guess, if you're- you Yeah, know, yeah, it is. To a marriage. And I understand the energy part of it. Like, I mean, there's so many things that need to align, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone has their own way of probably doing dentistry. But you kind of mm-hmm. have to be on the same page when it comes to taking care of your patients. You know, what's going on with- you know, time frame and the clinical procedures and all of that has to all be in alignment and you can kind of work together and you can teach and, but you have to have the, a person with the right, the right heart too, right? They have to want. They, they do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what we found is that there really are three indicators that lead towards success or lead towards failure. And one is their character. Okay. Yeah. One is their personality. Another is how do they view money? Okay. All right. So in other words, do they fit in terms of their values? 
Do they fit in terms of personality? That doesn't mean that they have to be the same, but yeah. do the personality styles actually mesh together so that they can work together well? And then finally, in terms of the, how they view money, is one partner really super tight? Is another one kind of, you know, loosey-goosey? So we, we dive into all three of those things and more just to determine, is this really the right person? And, and what we view ourselves, frankly, as is matchmakers up front. And a practice owner can do this. They can do it well. The tough part is that when you get to the point where you feel like you're ready for another doctor to come on, yeah. you're already running so fast that you don't have the time to start to actually sit down, interview well, put out a job ad that's well thought out and survey sufficiently to, and then go through all the different candidates that are out there, let alone the fact that the candidate pool has dried up some. Mm -hmm. So then if indeed doesn't work, what other options do you have? Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's a huge time commitment and they look at it and they go, man, I'm already so busy. How on earth can I even entertain this? So then they start to talk to let me put it this way. They talk to people and then they have a shotgun wedding and, and just say, you know, I like this person. They've got a license to so bring them on. And that's why it fails. Yeah. They haven't, they haven't done all the due diligence. They haven't. Time. Yeah. And your yeah. organization can go in and take the time and take that off their plate and just, you know, at least bring the candidate to them that you feel would be the best person for the fit after you've done all After we've that. done all of this exactly we will even come up with the numeric score because mm -hmm. what we work on is we, we 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 will first go and interview the team we go see the practice we go to dinner with the doctor we get a great feel for the culture and, and the people then arrive at what we call the characteristics of the ideal candidate and mm -hmm. we rank those because they're not all equal to each other but by the time we've gone through and talked to numerous candidates, we will have a score saying this person scores, you know, 70%, this person's at 90%. Um, just today, we're presenting a candidate who's at 95. And there's still that one in 10 chance that there will be a skeleton in the closet. You know, we have a 90% success rate, but I still think that's a lot better than a 75% failure rate. But it's because of the clarity and the process that drives the results. That's amazing. You know, I, I look at the dentists I've gone to in my lifetime and every dentist kind of has their own, they, kind of, they have their own personality. Just the entire mm -hmm. office has a set personality. You can tell when you walk in, if they're going to be more clinical mm -hmm. oriented and just, you know, structured and this is how it is. Or you can tell if they're just have this friendly atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Lucy Goose. Yeah. 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 And, I can imagine that so many things have to align in order to find the right associate to be in that. So many things do. Oh. And, and, and there's no judgment in this. It's neither right nor wrong. Yeah, for sure. All right. The, the, the doctor who's kind of loose and, you know, or the doctor who's very rigid and, and, you know, clinically focused, they can both succeed. Oh, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. So there's nothing in terms of, oh, you're doing it the right way, you're doing it the wrong way. It's just simply now that if we know Dr. A has this style and Dr. B has this style, how do we find that person that's going to be a perfect fit for them? Because what we really try to specialize in is to find that partner quality candidate who's going to come, stay, make money, and eventually buy in. 
Yeah, that's... And, and, and it's super rewarding to do it because just like a really, really great life partner, a, a great marriage, there's just this energy that you get from it. And you think, man, how could I ever do this by myself? It's the same thing in a dental practice. When you've got that magic that's taken place, um, one of the greatest things is to be able to see a doctor finally take vacation with their families mm -hmm. and know the practice isn't going to just shut down without them. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And to spread the management load and also to, to know that they've got a pathway to the someday, assuming that the associate they brought in is younger than them to eventually exit and, and know that they can still stay engaged in their practice, but they don't have to, you know, carry the whole thing. Absolutely. I can totally see why it would be like a marriage. I'm thinking of this one dentist that I went to and, and she hired an associate. And I remember her saying, you know, I really don't do little kids. So I need to find someone that will take mm -hmm. pediatric patients for me. And exactly. so that was kind of a goal for her and, and it just kind of fit. Right. And she was so happy mm -hmm. and found yeah. Yeah. loved kids. And so, you know, they were on the same page clinically, but they also were on the same page on what they wanted to do and accomplish within the practice. Right, exactly. And, and, and so as I mentioned, three ways that things can fall down, there's actually a number four as well. Okay. If, if they fit in terms of values, if they fit in terms of personality, and if they fit in terms of how they view money, then number four is, do they trust each other's dentistry? Oh yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And so once we've done the matchmaking phase, and, and help come up with a win-win associate agreement that's clear and simple and has very clear um, objectives. The last thing that we do typically is we'll stay engaged in the relationship for six months okay. to make sure that, uh, kind of like marriage counselors, yeah. okay? And we want to just make sure that these doctors are talking to each other, that formal and informal mentoring is going on. If there are any problems that we can nip them in the bud and do something about it and just keep the relationship growing. That's amazing. And communication is huge. I mean, not only in a gigantic situation, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and often we find ourselves being the facilitators of that communication and just helping the two doctors be able to sit down and talk in a safe space and say, okay, what's working, what's not working. How's the mentoring going? What do you want to learn next? And how's it going with getting busy? And that third party kind of helping facilitate those discussions keeps everything safe. Yeah. And, and so the senior doctor doesn't feel like they have to be in a, you know, power position. It's a, it's a teaching position. And, and the greatest thing about this in the end is that what has been a very stressful situation for that doctor running a practice busier than they want to be is the stress starts to melt away. Doesn't ever go away completely but their enjoyment of the, of, of their profession grows up, goes up dramatically. That's awesome. You know, it sounds like, like I was thinking, how do you, how long does it take before, you know, you hired the right fit? And it sounds like if you kind of hold their hand for six months, you sounds like within that six months, you know, if you've made the right, you do, fit. you do within six months, you've got a really, really good feel. Candidly, someone can fake it once in a while. Yeah. But after six months, you just know the real person has shown up. <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I love mm -hmm. that you've kind of found this new niche for you and your organization. Because Thank you. Yeah. 
thing that is needed. Um, I know you're really into private practice and bringing associates on, and I know that you have a new podcast out. Would you yes, like to tell us I do. about that? Yeah, absolutely. I am a huge fan of private practice just because of my experience in corporate America and in corporate medicine, and then seeing what a truly dynamic small business, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, okay, but a truly dynamic small business dentistry is. And so seeing this wave of corporate buyouts and consolidation and all these different things that are happening through DSOs, a very good friend of mine, Nate Williams, who's a CPA and CFP and runs a dental accounting firm called Practice Financial Group. We had a conversation about this about a year and a half ago, and we're both very, very pro private practice and keeping dentistry from becoming corporatized. We launched a podcast this month called Just Say No to the DSO. Nice. That's exciting. Good. Congratulations. It's yeah. so I mean, I never thought I would be a podcaster, but I'm excited for you to be a podcaster because I can totally see you doing a podcast. You know, we, we recorded season one in one day. Actually, we spent two months preparing everything. We knew our talking points. And then we just showed up at a studio in Salt Lake and uh, spent about eight hours together and had an absolute blast. Oh, it was so fun. And I hope that comes out in the actual podcast itself, because if it doesn't, there's, there, we didn't do our job because we had fun. It was articulate. The greatest thing about Nate is that he's reviewed over 50 DSO deals as a, as a CPA and the CEO of this firm. All right. He's got 300 clients now. He's been able to talk all of his clients out of it. One client even told him three years afterwards, he says, Nate, I'm going to name my next son, Nate. Because I owe it all to you because I had an $8 million check on my desk and you told me no. Oh my goodness. That is yes. a, hard, a hard Yeah, thing. it's a hard sell. It is such a hard thing to say no to. But one, one thing that the point that Nate brings up is, listen, doctors, do you really understand what you're selling? And that frankly, what they're giving you up front is not the sale of your practice, they're just giving you your profits for the next five years and you're handing them right back to them. Mm -hmm. And then my background in medicine, because I've seen what's happened with the corporatization of, of the whole medical profession oh. and, and really candidly, Jacqueline, how medical doctors hate their lives now. Yeah, yeah. They just do, you know, they have become uh, kind of serfs of the hospital system and therefore employees of the government. Yeah. And that is not a place, Jacqueline, that we want to see dentistry go at all. Because if we let that happen, in the next 15 years, we will have lost the greatest industry ever, in my opinion, in terms of patient care. And we'll never get the genie back in the bottle. Mm -hmm. It does make a huge difference, you know, and I mean, I get that there are DSO advocates out there and, you know, and I mean, and, yeah. and there, and there's a place for Walmart. <laughs> there, there just is there. It's not that, that we, that we should say no to all of them. And there are doctors, frankly, that shouldn't own their own business. Yeah. But, but here's an interesting statistic is that DSOs plan on here again, similar number to what we've looking at within two years, 70% of their doctors will turn over. Mm -hmm. They just plan on churn, 
bringing new doctors in, Jacqueline, and having them work, 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 just like a doctor that we were talking to yesterday, interviewing, who is working 50 hours a week. Yeah. And then working Saturdays, one Saturday a month. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's real easy for the MBAs in New York working for the private equity group to say, doctor, that's what you have to do. Because frankly, as an MBA, you're working probably 70 or 80 hours. What they don't understand is the physical, emotional, mental stress, and even spiritual stress, frankly, of, of being a chairside dentist. Yeah, I know. It's exhausting. I look at these dentists and I don't know how they survive. I mean, even the hygienists, you know, they're all dealing with physical issues, like you said. They say. are. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, and, and so 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week, that's, that's pure burnout. Yeah. Okay, but that's where, if, 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 in my opinion, and this is just me, but I've, I've kind of seen the future, because I've lived it through medicine. If we allow the corporatization to reach its, its fulfillment, which they say by 2035, 75% of dentists will be in DSOs, yeah. we'll have lost this industry, frankly, forever. Well, we need, so we're just trying to change, we're trying to change the discussion. Okay, yeah. that's our goal. <laughs> we need advocates for private practice because, you know, because the landscape is changing. And it is, yeah. We definitely need advocates for private practice. And I can tell that you are motivated to help private practice, to help private dentists. And what is it, what is it, Bob, that helps, that motivates you to keep helping dentists? Just out of curiosity. It's, it's, the, it's the thrill to see a dentist get their life back honestly. I love that. And, and to see that the tools that we provided or the associate that we brought on facilitated that, mm. you know, it, 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 it's, it's just super rewarding to be able to do that because it is such a hard job, but right. it blesses so many lives when it's done well. And it can be a great blessing to them if they, if they know how to do it too. Um, I heard a phrase years ago, that, that has stuck with me that dental school will teach a dentist how to throw the ball, but it doesn't teach them how to play the game. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and so, and there are ways that you can learn how to play the game. That's kind of like a sandlot. Let's just go for four yards in a cloud of dust and we'll just fake the game, but there are ways to play the game that work consistently and they're not that hard to implement but they're not obvious well and i just think of what a blessing it is for the young associate dentist to even have you to kind of groom them and bring them mm -hmm. together and let them it's kind of, kind of like you say bringing a counselor along with you right from the get-go if you're getting there yeah, it is just facilitate those conversations it's just a whole learning environment and you can just mm -hmm. be better right from the get-go than trying to have all the hard knocks of learning as you go along. Correct. Yeah. I, and there are so many of these young doctors that if they'll make the courageous decision to go into private practice, find a private practice to, to, to join, Maybe they have to work for a DSO for a year or two just to feel like they've got their speed up, just to be able to kind of learn the hard way what not to do. Yeah. But then, but then to say, you know what, it's now time for me to 
to go find something that is really going to be fulfilling and will really allow me to amplify my skills. It's fun. I love it. Yeah, good for you. I love that you've been doing this for so long and you're still so passionate about helping Dennis. Do you have any parting thoughts before we wrap it up today? Yeah, 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 Jacqueline, thank you. First, if this piques anybody's interest, all right, and a doctor's thinking, oh man, I am running faster than I know how to run. And yet I've heard all these horror stories about don't bring in an associate. Love to have them reach out and say, can you at least tell us if you think we're ready? And so for the first five practices that have heard this and reach out to me, we'd love to be able to just do that analysis form for free. Nice. Nice. And, and give them a chance to just give an impartial view of, you know what, doctor, yeah, you're ready. Or, you know, doctor, here's some things inside that we think really would be the first thing for you to look at. So to contact me, there's two easy ways. You can reach me at bob at dentistpartnerpros.com. Bob at dentistpartnerpros.com. Or you can also reach me at bob at Spiel Consulting. Spiel is spelled S is in Sam, P is in Paul, I-E-L, consulting. That's all one word. Or frankly, just text me, all right? at 208-520-6900. There won't be any hard sell. There won't be anything other than just trying to provide hope and perspective to give you some ideas about this is what you can do next. That's great. Do you want to give your number one more time? Yeah, thank you. I'd love to. It's 208-520-6900. And then listen to our podcast. Just say no to the DSO. If you like it, share it with friends, leave a like on whatever your favorite podcast medium is. We want to create a brush fire, Jacqueline, of people saying, you know what, let's start to change this discussion inside the industry and realize it's not everything that it's being touted. I think it's great. I mean, it's just good to hear all the reasons why or why not to. Like, I think you have to hear all sides before you really make that ultimate decision. And I feel like you guys are a good, it's a good place to learn and to listen of just the pros of private practice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Thank you. Thank you for being here today, Bob. I appreciate well, thank you. Thank you. This is a blast. Oh, and, and you're an awesome, you're, you're a fantastic podcaster. <laughs> Speaking well, from one podcaster to another. All right. Oh, well, thank you. I will take that as a, as a kind of compliment. <laughs> so our goal is to offer tips and tricks to help dentists grow their business. And if you are looking for a new associate in your practice, I hope you'll reach out to Bob and we'll put his contact information in the show notes. He can help you in solving the associate hiring and onboarding puzzle. So I love it. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate you. And thanks again for being here. Um, thank Charlie. you, Jacqueline. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. The purpose of this podcast is to interview the consultants within our eAssist Consultant Network. This podcast is for informational purposes only. For more details, please visit the homepage of this podcast platform at dentalbilling.com. Thanks for listening.